Welcome. I'm Melissa Durda, and this is Scenergo's Cultivate the Soul podcast. Stories of purpose-driven philanthropy from around the world. Over this series, we explore together the intersection of contemplative practices, spirituality, philanthropy, and social impact. Join us as we dive into the personal journey of each guest and what they have discovered about the role of inner work on one's capacity to change the world. To learn more about each of our guests and view our full episode list, please visit synergos.org slash podcast. Hi, I'm Pascal Terradeo, creator of Homea Ventures. I cultivate my soul by contemplating my heart. Today we are joined by Pascal Terra Deo, creator of Homea Ventures. Pascal Terra Deo works at the intersection of human development and sustainability. She is the creator of Homea Ventures a consulting firm that helps bring to life transformative and sustainable ideas and initiatives. Pascal is also the co-founder of Archery Foundation, an organization that supports young talents from disadvantaged French neighborhoods from the time they enter high school to the time they begin their professional journey. Pascal's full bio is available on our podcast website. I'd love to get us started by asking you to share a memory or a story of a time in your life that was instrumental in shaping your views on what matters. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question because this story kind of unfolds over time. I remember as a child, people would ask me what I wanted to do, like as a very young child. And my answer was, I want to save the world. (laughs) And people thought that was really weird. So over time, I thought that I had to make up answers like I want to be a lawyer, I want to be a doctor. But I still had this sense in me that something was off with the world and that I wanted to make it a better place. And so I focused on working in the nonprofit sector. I worked at Impact Investment and really put energy towards impact-oriented endeavors. And what I realized was that I would see these company cultures, these nonprofits, their culture, and the employees were not happy. So I realized this sense of internal and external impact that was out of integrity And that's when I just really recognize it's so important to focus on the internal impact and connect that to outer impact, which led me to study psychology. I love that. That sounds like a really interesting way of observing what happens in this nonprofit and social impact space. I still want to focus a bit more about you before we get into the work. And I wanted to ask you... Do you feel particularly passionate about a certain area or angle on life? And if you do, are you able to name where that passion comes from? I don't know if this counts as a passion area, but human development and personal growth and healing is what I'm most passionate about. And the only honest answer that I can have is that it stems from childhood and just facing a lot of difficulties and woundings and just trying to be 
who I am in the world and what it takes to do that. That's what kind of led me to this healing passion. So can you share with us, what are some ways that you heal yourself or nurture yourself? Are there sources of inspiration or practices that you find really help you? Yes. Always doing something different. That's a big part of my personality. And something that's been really consistent for me is being in therapy for the last seven years and really having a mirror to reflect and help me grow. And then over time, I focus a lot on movement-based therapy. I do a lot of dancing. When I lived in Hawaii, it was surfing. So really finding ways to process with my body. And a new practice that I really enjoy is singing. So I like the deep contemplation work and I like the creative expression work as well. That's excellent. And I'm also aware you work with others, with young people to help guide them in these types of practices. You mentioned to me that you find it significant how you realize the importance of inner work to create meaningful impact. Can you tell us more about that? Yes. I think it came mostly from a disheartened place. So when I was young, I was very naive about wanting to live in this beautiful world where people are happy, where people can be themselves, and where we create a lot of impact for everyone. And then I kind of entered the professional space and had a lot of toxic experiences. And that was really disheartening for me. And it felt like a great incongruency. And from that place, I realized that anything that I create, anything that I bring into the world, I want as much as a focus on the internal impact and the outer impact. I was going to ask you maybe if there's some examples that you have. I know you've worked in so many different areas and types of organizations. Anything that helps us kind of ground it a bit more in your experience? Yeah. So I've seen a lot of burnout, a lot of like dysfunction or people not being valued or people not being heard, a lot of voices not being included at the table. So a lack of diversity and inclusion. And I really believe that the key is to put energy towards true collaboration, towards true inclusion and diversity, and really integrating individuals as whole beings, which I know takes more work. And I think in the long term, actually creates more impact because it means the employees are happy and the people that we're serving are also happy. And I think while the best organization that I worked with is doing a pretty good job at integrating the whole person and their interests and motivations and desires into the workplace, as well as emotions and spiritual aspirations. That's great. So that's an example of how all of this can be integrated. Yes. And I don't think it's easy. And I think it could look like having moments of contemplation how do we bring our emotions and needs in the workplace and things like that? Yeah, great. So tell us more about the work that you're most excited about. You are the creator of Homea Venture. You're also involved with Archery Foundation as a co-creator. 
Can you just tell us more about what those organizations do, how they do it, just to learn more about that? Yeah, I'm really excited about the foundation work that's basically providing mentorship and various resources to young talents from disadvantaged neighborhoods in France. And so we're supporting them from the time that they enter high school all the way until they enter their professional life. So it's this creating this container, this holding as they go along their journey and supporting them in accomplishing their dreams. And we have this sustainability angle where we're exposing them to various experiences. We're exposing them to different people doing amazing work and sharing a vision of how we can create a more sustainable and regenerative future. That's on the foundation front. And in terms of Homea Venture, I'm really excited about bringing to life these projects and initiatives that are sustainable and transformative and actually bringing this inner impact at the center of organizations and helping organizations really move forward and align their inner impact with the outer impact. It takes on different forms depending on the organizations, but as you mentioned, I'm really focused on this intersection of human development, psychology, and how it's connected to sustainability, and really with a strong belief that we need capable, mature, adult human beings to create a sustainable future, and not disconnecting them as we can often see in our world. Well, this is much needed. I'd like to dive a little bit more deeply into each of them. So maybe let's start with the foundation. Where did that idea come from? Tell us about your connection to that. Yeah, and maybe a story about one of the young people who's a part of the work that you're doing there, just so we can get a little bit more of a flavor. That's great. Actually, this foundation is a foundation that I co-created with my dad, and my dad always knew that I had this strong philanthropic interest. And in part, I think that it came from him. In my family, there was always this important notion that I had to give back to the world. That was big foundation in my family, something that I had to consider an important value. And so my dad came to me and said, let's collaborate on this foundation. What would you like it to be? And he came from an inclusivity angle. So he grew up in Martinique and went to school and was brilliant and built his own company and so really benefited from education as a method of social and economic mobility. And I really appreciated that angle. We both really believe in creating a sustainable world. So we had that foundation. And I wanted to bring what I had learned over the years, which is the human development component, that we have to grow healthy, grounded, capable humans, and that we have to start as early as possible. Because a lot of the social emotional learning component, at least when I was growing up, was not taught. So that's how this project came about. And then with a focus on who needs it the most, and there's a lot of social and economic disparity in France and a real divide of who gets access to what. And so we decided to focus on 
young people living in disadvantaged neighborhoods of Paris and Marseille, which are the two big cities of France. I had the opportunity to meet with the students and kind of share about my life. And I felt really inspired by their drive and willingness and maturity. And I think one person who comes to mind is this woman who wants to be a rapper. And I love that. I love that we're supporting her. Her mentor has been really great in helping her find opportunities. And I just like this aspect that art is really important to create a sustainable world. So she's someone I'm really excited about. That's beautiful. I think some of the profiles of the young people, if not all of them, are on your website. So I was also able to look through and see who is a part of this program, which is really exciting. And with your consulting business, I love what you're doing. So you are looking to align the inner impact to the outer impact. What are ways that you're doing that? I think helping people develop diversity and inclusion policies I have a group of small foundations that want to come together to do more around sustainability. So helping them surface their desires and the opportunities in the space and help them come to decisions together around how to move forward. Other ways could look like organizational development and coaching managers in how to manage people better and how to improve communication, how to improve the workspace. Yeah, those are some of the examples. And I'm just always really trying to bring these two components of human development and sustainability and finding the links and finding the connection points. I've been so much in the inner world of deep contemplation, deep inner work, understanding people, even as a, a therapist, helping people on their transformative journey. And now I'm shifting more and more into the other work, getting a master's in sustainable management at Columbia and seeing all these opportunities to create large scale policies and change. It's a great melding of the different areas that make who you are and the experiences you've had so far. Are you finding that People are recognizing a need for this intersection or this alignment between the inner and outer impact. I think so, and at different degrees. And I know Synergos is familiar with the inner-outer language. I'm not sure that it feels like it's more in the background. I think people resonate more with like social-emotional learning, diversity and inclusion, and then sustainability programs. That's where I'm finding more resonance. Hopefully, as time goes, I can bring in more of this aspect. I kind of feel like an odd, you know, I studied psychology, but I always had these grand plans of sustainability, and I was not fully understood there around the outer work. And then now I'm more on the outer work, and I come from this psychology background, and I communicate my feelings, and share my intuitions and actively listen to people and facilitate. And I don't feel fully understood there. So I'm hoping to just bridge that gap, to be a bridge, to adapt and not compromise myself. And that's always kind of the challenge, I think, for me, 
an edge that I'm working with, how to really be authentic and meet other people where they're at with the language that feels most resonant to them and that opens doors rather than closes them. Yeah, you've been a member of the Synergos Spiritual Funders community since 2017. And yeah, we've had many discussions around that, around language, around how do we describe this work, the inner to the outer, and what is language that resonates with different groups of people. For some people, that's very attracting. And for others, it's not something that they necessarily connect to. And that's part of what we're doing with this Cultivate the Soul series is to try to tell stories of the inner work to the outer action and what that could look like. So yeah, so we share your your passion around entering this space and also supporting it as things kind of transform. Yeah, I mean, working with Wild Vessel, which is a nature-based education platform, so teaching people how to be in touch with their environment, how to be in touch with themselves, I really helped focus on the culture and focus on who we are as humans. And one of the things that I implemented was deep spaces, And this is something that I've actually implemented in other endeavors. So I have a history of implementing these deep spaces that are called Indaba in West African. Oh, tell us about those. (laughs) (laughs) My teacher, Orlin Bishop, actually introduced me to these spaces. And it's basically you come in, there's a specific amount of time allocated often 90 minutes, and you come in and try to remove as much as possible any agenda. So you come into the space, you're sitting in the present moment, and you're speaking into the center as you feel called to. And so it's really learning this discernment between feeling like you have to perform or feeling like you have to say things or you have to be valued in a certain way and really tuning in to what wants to emerge in the moment. And these spaces, especially within Wild Vessel, have brought so much juice and so much openings around how do we do leadership? How do we work with structures of power? How do we work with like racial issues? That's a big one that I have brought into this space and, and try to approach in a very tender and soft way. And so this space basically has led to bringing up a lot of inner conflict, inner tensions, and then moving forward and implementing certain structures and system to respond to what came up in Indaba or deep space. So there's this kind of balance between deep space and the numinous and emergence and then linking it with a lot of practice. Just to ask you a little bit more about that. So with the deep space, say method or... Indaba. Indaba. That's something that you brought to them. It was an internal mechanism for the organization to kind of align their inner impact. Is that how you used it? Yes, exactly. It was a intermechanism to align, yes, with the inner impact. So these are some of the ways that I introduce in organizations to create more space for inner impact. Another example that's more around character building that I 
introduce, and I try to do this in fun ways. And depending on the organization, I get to be as playful as I can be, which is part of my nature. I introduce this softening practice. So the idea that we can soften infinitely. And so it was, especially when we start feeling close or tension and conflict arises, because conflict arises in the workspace, to soften and to really melt our hearts. And that has been a practice that I introduced in Wild Vesso and that led to a lot of meaning, you know, letting go of trying to control situation and really meeting each other in our vulnerability. So this introduction of vulnerability in the workplace. So tell us a little bit more about how a softening practice works. Yes, basically it's multiple things, but so when you feel yourself and you have to be in touch with your heart as a space, but when you feel your heart closing, it's to just take a moment, take a pause and breathe into your heart and just softening and softening into the heart and softening and letting go of trying to be right or trying to control the situation and just allowing a softening so that the truth can emerge. And another fun way that I was doing that in our company culture was sharing softening videos or softening poems or softening words. So I really like also creating space for integrated wise dialogue and creative dialogue amongst collaborators in the organizations that I I work with. And I love how you bring the creativity in because that touches us in different ways too, through images or through body work. So before we end today, I wanted to also touch on a couple more questions around, you know, there's been a lot of shifts that have been happening in philanthropy and the social impact space. What would you say are you're finding some of the biggest challenges that the sectors are, are facing right now and some thoughts on what can be done to, to shift things? My blunt millennial next gen answer is <laughs> we really need to create new systems in this world. It's not working anymore. It's not working for all. It's not working for the planet. And so I think we need to take radical and bold moves towards systems that do work. And that means philanthropic donations and philanthropy has to shift and transform as well in the process. So there also has to be an alignment between the inner and the outer impact within philanthropy and more shift towards experimentation, making mistakes, trying new things that are unseen and unheard of and breaking the frame from traditional, safe philanthropy. Yeah, I love that. Creating new systems, not trying to fix current systems or... Exactly, or like hospice them. And people have different perspectives on that, but I am really for innovating and creating new systems and to stop hospicing these dying systems. So if you could dream and imagine our future, what would it look like? It would look like, in my wildest dream, local, land-based, regenerative communities where people get to be their authentic selves and 
share meals together and grow their food together and really feel abundant and sufficient. And so a shift away from consumer culture and more into connection culture. Well, how can people learn more about the work that you're doing? There's the Archery Foundation website. With the Archery Foundation link, which we can put on the website. And if companies or people or organizations want to reach out to you about your consulting work, what's the best way for them to do that? Thank you for asking. People can reach me on my LinkedIn profile, and I'll be putting my new website for Home Adventures in the next few weeks. Great. Thank you so much for coming and sharing this work that you're doing. I'm super excited to learn that you're out there doing this work in the world as much needed. Thank you so much. It was a true pleasure, Melissa. What I love about this conversation with Pascal is her passion for connecting human development, psychology, and sustainability, and how she has developed and is applying tools to align inner with outer impact. 